If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's basically free. The creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Waves. Um, Just a discretion, this episode is going to be something on a very, very serious topic. Um, We're going to cover mental health. Uh, we have a returning guest on our episode today. Uh, Q, say hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, hey. So uh, I wanted just to cover this topic personally because, yes, I understand it's something that mental health is something that is a very real situation. Um, I learned that with my wife actually being, not necessarily being, but she has somewhat of a mental health issue. So it's just me wanting to learn more about it. So, yes, there we go. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I've just been drinking a little bit. So I have a little bit of a buzz. So, I had Alexandra, my wife. Hello there. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> this I mean, it's awkward. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for the little long winded intro. No, I don't know how to like really start the sentence. Like, yeah, I have a mental health issue. <laughs> I, well, it, it's, you know, it's just me wanting to learn a little bit more about it. So understanding where you're coming from and where okay. Q is coming from as well. Because I, yes, everybody in their mind has those m- moments and manic and depression episodes. Mm. But other people, like, you know, I have them. I have them, yes, it's a common thing. but As in moments. As in moments, yes. But me personally, I just, I'm more of like, I can kind of internalize a little bit better and i understand it to where okay yeah i can look at the brighter side of things sometimes but it's not as severe as other people which isn't a bad thing i'm just i'm just trying to understand it a little bit more from other people's perspectives so whenever you guys feel ready go ahead the floor is yours i'm just gonna chime in and ask questions here and sure okay so let's start asking a question okay so what is it like in that sense, your anxiety. I know having anxiety and then just having like the manic episodes sometimes. Like, what just take me through that process and like what it is throughout the day. Okay. So I can start as soon as you wake up. So, like this morning, I woke up sad, unhappy, wanting to go back to sleep. And it's a certain particular feeling that only people that know what it feels like they'll know. So like when I woke up this morning, I'm like, oh, I just want to go back to sleep. Like it's an instant thought. But can I, can I ask you that? Like, is this just like an instant thought as in like, it's an instant feeling. And then it turns into an instant thought and then it turns into racing thoughts and they're unpleasant thoughts. And it's like, you just wish you just stayed sleeping because then you don't have to face reality. You don't have to think about anything. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to do anything. And it all comes down to sometimes life is just too much. It's too much. It's like when you, your mind wakes up, you're asleep, you're asleep, your mind's asleep. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you wake up, your eyes are open, 
and you're like, Ugh. and it can be one thing, it, it, it's just, one thing that sets your whole day sideways, yeah, and then that does, it, it can just it can completely yeah, one thing opened up my eyes and then I'm like. Does it become like more of a domino effect in that sense to where it's just like, okay, this thought, then that, 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 that. Yep. It can be a domino effect or it can just be that one thing. Um, and it just lingers there for hours and hours upon time or? Yeah, sometimes. And when you feel like absolute crap about everything around you, everything about yourself, or you're just not happy, you just have is an imbalance of your brain chemistry. So when your serotonin's off, you're lacking something. Your serotonin levels aren't right. You're just, yeah. I mean, obviously other things play a factor in it. So over the years, like what you saw me go through from such a young age, working, yeah. living without power, you know, yeah. uh, law enforcement and, yeah. then, you know, CPS and all that stuff. And then, Right, helping raise Tilly and helping pay my parents' bills, and then me working full time trying to get through college. And it was just like moving every year. Where are we going to go? Because we're either getting evicted or the lease is up. Where are we getting the money from? Where am I getting the money from from this? And then I have to do stuff that I'm not proud of later on, but yet I am proud of it because, okay, I got through what I had to get through because I had no choice. Hmm. So then you have instilled, then you become having instilled behaviors because you have to make it you have to get somewhere you have to do what you have to do to get to xyz and then over the years you don't you're just like go 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 mm -hmm. because life's like it feels like life's after you so you do what you have to do and then later on it gets to a point where it's like <sighs> you did so much life in such a little time where you just don't want to do with it anymore mm -hmm. because then when you get to like your life it's like well fuck like i just did all this for everybody else and then you get to a point where when you want to focus on, like for me, when you want to focus on you or like, okay, all that I went through, but then there was all these other extracurricular factors that just kept piling up, piling up, piling up. And then you internalize everything you, or you brush it off or you're like, okay, it'll get better. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then it's like, it gets to a point where it just backs up, backs up, backs up, and it pushes you into a corner. But can I ask you, like, when you actually get to where you feel like you made it or where you've got your small accomplishments, like, okay, hey, I did this and I feel better about that. Do you feel like those positive things or that positive feeling can outweigh that? That No. No? Even the small victories, like, you've, like, I mean, get in life? sometimes, but, I mean, okay, here I'm at 28 like have my career you know for in you know four years with my job and i'm where i'm at mm -hmm. position wise so it's like each year i got promoted but then it's like okay that's for me but yet all this back stuff that piled up to now okay now i'm in the position i'm in now i have even more responsibility which is fine because i accepted it i wanted it but when you go for like for me from my perspective okay you have all this responsibility up to this point well I don't want it. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to have to get up and pay bills and go to work. Start working at 13 to pay other people's bills and then try to have money for what I need. But then that results in me doing having to do other things because I need more money for myself. So it turns into just like all this negative stuff that just circles around in your mind and you, and you, going, going, and you going, ignore going, it because you're yes. going, going, going. And then it gets to a point where one day, 
you're like, oh, I feel like shit. Like I'm pissed off or I'm sad or I'm unhappy or oh, I just don't feel like doing this. It's like everything annoys you. Everything bothers you. So up until that point, it's like you're building up a disorder without realizing you even have it occurring. And then it builds up and builds up and builds up. And then you get to a point where I got where I would get so like racing up. thoughts and you, your chest gets tight and your chest gets your, your heart races. And then you just get even more unhappy. And then like some people have a beer or some people have a cigarette. You're because your brain is so imbalanced. It starts craving certain things. Mm. So back then when I was going through all that shit, I, yes, would cut myself because I'm in, because everything else is so chaotic. I have no control of it. The one thing I had control of is how to feel after I cut myself. And coming from a cutter's point of view, it feels great. It feels like a, a like, high. It's like a somebody high. would do it. And like, it feels so good because then at that <clears throat> initial cut, it's like. You're releasing <gasps> that all pent up stress. You release everything. You feel you're in control of your emotions. You're in control of your body with everything else that you're not in control of. So then you continue to cut and cut and cut. And then you have scars like I do. And then you cover them up with bracelets. Or you have people ask, oh, what's that? How'd you get that? And then you make up a lie quick on your feet. Uh, so you're basically covering your tracks, the reasons why. You yeah, because you I don't want people yeah. knowing that I'm a cutter. Oh, she's crazy. Or, oh, she's just some people her. look at it in a negative way. It's like they don't understand. That's why they look at no. it in a negative way. They turn their head the other way. Her. Like, oh, she's fucking crazy. Don't hang out with her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, instead of, oh, really? Being understanding and just yeah, exactly. being open. And then it turns into wanting to sleep. And then your chest is tight. And then you feel like you're going to have a heart attack because you have that much chest pain. That's how much anxiety you have. So as, as time goes on, you're building up this disorder that you don't even realize you have until it gets to a point where you get suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And then nothing makes Wanting you happy. To Nobody makes you happy. You want to ball up in a corner like my little nook in the bed. And then you just don't want to, you don't want to be around anymore. You like, you could care less. Like, why should I care if I wake up? Like I have all, I have to do all this stuff. Why would I want to be here? And even though like we have our house or I have my career or have my bestie or have my parents still here or have right, we have Riley. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the disorder takes over and then you end up on. Got to a point where that day that I had that much chest pain. I'm like, Oh my God, it was so much pain on my left side. I thought I was going to have a heart attack that day. That's when I realized like there's something wrong. And so then I went to the doctor and then I still felt like something was wrong. So it took getting onto pills to feel like a normal human being. And then if I miss my pills, then you start something is just back. completely off. My brain's off. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and then I take the meds and I have like this pressure in my, in the back of my head where I'm like, okay, it's like my, my brain's going like this, like, okay. It's like it's like twisting itself, yeah, it's just and then unsure. once it clicks into place, then it's like okay, now I can do my day. But it gets to a point where even if you're on pills for it, one thing can just be like, I'm done. That's it, and it can just yeah sideswipe you, and you can be in a you can be in a daze, like a cloud for days. Nothing can make you happy, nothing at all, and then all of a sudden like that, you can just be out of it. That's wild. Yeah, it's awful. It's it is awful. It's uh, you feel like shit half the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, okay, now I understand coming from like 
you know, your perspective and that just being a female and then and understanding it a little bit better. So I'm thankful for you opening up and, you know, being, well, people say, Oh, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. Why, why would you, you know, if someone asks you that, if you don't, unless you know them, yeah. you're well, I'm supposed to stand there and open up to you. Oh yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And then shit be talked about behind yeah, my back or yeah. things twisted around. So it's like to confine somebody, That's hard you have to, to really That's get to know hard. somebody That's very like, hard. My parents don't know about my issue. My mom's starting to learn about it, but he knew about it more before you did because he was going, he's been going through it. I've been going through it. And then when we figured out we were both going through it, I'm like, one day I was like, man, I just don't care anymore about life. Like, this is just shit. Like, what the fuck is the purpose of this? Well, speaking of that, um, thank you for opening up about it and getting it from a female's perspective, which seems to be a little bit more acceptable in society. Um, but I actually want to turn and speak to Q about it, you know, because I know society deems that, you know, you seem as weak if you are going through something like this or mental health issues or not really talked about from a male's perspective. So, um, Q, if you would like to just sure. explain a little bit more about what it what it's like from, you know, a male's perspective. Well, back in can. the day, they, they um, would consider, you know, men were supposed to be the role model of a family. So they were looked at as the pinnacle, the strong man, the breadwinner, nothing bothered them. They were, they were, you know, just, well, you know, badasses basically. Yeah. Uh, but that's not always true. They hid a lot. They, they hid so much that nobody even knew, you know, and the way they would hide things is of course they would put up a front, you know, this is what everybody else saw, but behind closed doors, <clears throat> completely different you know a lot of them would resort to drugs some would resort to pills some most i think in my opinion would resort to drinking whether it be beer but probably more often than not uh liquor hard liquor and i would I'm, i was one of them you know not of course back in the day but we're talking uh, here more recent i mean i drank pretty much for a very long time um that helped me as far as dealing with depression um i've always had depression for quite some time um to the point where i've had suicidal thoughts and um, i think wow i can't believe i'm gonna say this nobody knows this um except cameron i think i may have told you yes well, I don't know if I told you this one either, too. Cameron, my son, um, he took his life on uh, March 13th this year and uh, shot himself. So he's 20, he was 23. I tried to commit suicide when I was, I think, 21, 22. I don't remember something like that. I was in the Marine Corps. And um, nobody was around, but you know, it was an attempt, it failed. But to this day, I really don't know why I did it. Um, I don't know if it was out of curiosity or if it was at that. Some, I don't know if some people think that in the moment, there's that, there's that always in the moment feeling. You're, going, you're either going to say, why not, or just, Fuck it and just do it. 
Okay. And so, ah, I can't believe I'm going to say this either. So that was the first time, um, my first attempt when I was very young. Now, I believe it was a week. Was it a week before? The same week Marcelo huh, um, uh, passed away. Was that same week? So it was, it was probably a week before Kim. Uh, this was just so uncanny. So, so and my, my wife doesn't know this either. No, nobody knows this, but I went to my son's bedroom and he had his. Besides me, it's like I'm mad at you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> He had his pistol on the bed, and he was at his friend's house at the time. So I was by myself in his bedroom, and I sat on the bed, and I I grabbed the pistol, and I put it to my head. Now, mind you, I don't know why, I I just I just went through the motions. I went through the motions to just to see. So. Um, I just, I didn't pull the trigger. I just put it to my head and was just, I don't know, role playing, I guess. And then I put the, the gun down back on his back. And who would have known that? And I forgot. He told me, I remember because he, he, he likes weapons. He has his weapons in his room. And I had no problem with that. You know, he was very good with keeping him safe and all that. Um, he was very good at handling him. He even showed me how to use it, you know, stuff like that. But um, he always told me, he was like, Dad, uh, just so you know, there's, there's there's a round in a chamber. In case, you know, shit should hit the fan, there's a round in the chamber. I was like, okay, you know, it's not going to be a zombie thing or some apocalypse happening, but sure, okay, fine. Now that night I forgot about that. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm not gonna I just didn't do it. I just role played to it. And I had put the the weapon down, but who knew that a week later my son would actually do it? I mean, that that's to walk into a room and see that that was devastating um however even as a parent you know he, he's never left us we've raised him you know to the till march 13th he's never left us and you would think as a parent you can see these signs you know two years ago two and a half years ago he had a conversation with uh you know bomb his mom and said that uh you know he thought about suicide and that's when she came up to me and said, you know, we really need to uh, get him some help. I had conversations with him, many conversations with him. And, um, you know, he, he agreed kind of sort of to want to go see a counselor, but then it never really happened because he didn't really want to go. But we had many conversations. We partied a lot. We had a lot of fun. You know, he would talk to me. But still yet, as a parent. You know, how can you not see this happening? That night, we we watched a movie, had a couple of shots, had a couple of beers. Uh, you know, we had a great time. And every single night, we would always say, 
Good night, Dad. Good night, son. Love you. Love you. Give each other a hug and go to bed. But uh, and we did that that night, just the same. But when it comes down to um, mental health, it could be staring you in the face. Most of the time it does. And you don't even know. You just don't know. Uh, you know, for my son to be living with us and not see it, you know, I, 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 like I said, I understand he had, you know, some issues, but we, we talked about them and we had great conversations. But who knew that he would actually go through the motions? And, and I don't know what to this day, I, I don't know why. I just, I need to know why, but I don't know why he did it. Was, a, was it an effort moment? Was it uh, a reason? Was it, I mean, what was it? And I need to find out. That For me, I need to find out. But there's so many people out there that do it, whether they use a weapon, whether they hang themselves, whether they throw, throw themselves off a bridge. They just, for some particular reason, decide they just want to end it. Just, I'm done. That's it. I think and, once that decision is made, there's no turning back to it, I think. No. And it's and, and you talk about a high, you know, as, as a cutter, they're in control. And, and that's, that's a high for them. Um, or some type of let out, relief, something um, for someone to want to take their own life. Yeah, there'd be a lot of pain. That's an awful lot of pain. Now, how do you see someone or know someone who is going through so much pain and yet on the outside their shell is showing that they're fine, they're happy, they're, they're you know, everything's okay, I'm cool, you know, but yet they can go to their bedroom, close the door, and done. What happened? I mean, what happened? <laughs> what went wrong? What did I not see? You know, I mean, some people can say, well, it's not your fault. It's, it's, you know, okay. Yeah. I, I get that. You know, yeah, that was a decision I, I, he made. I, I, yeah. But you know, that weighs just knowing that how it happened, what happened. And like you just said, like you had all the interactions, you guys were just yeah. normal, like a normal night. And then boom, like it, it weighs on you. It does. Oh, it really it does. does. It really and does. like, I think we should um, talk about it too, like the look of it. And I'm really in. I'm sorry, like, sorry for your, like, condolences to your family. I really am Thanks. sorry about that, man. Appreciate it. I, like, I, I can't imagine what you're going through there. Yeah. And just... yeah. <clears throat> it's something a parent does don't ever want to go through. You know, yeah. as a parent, you don't, you, you're not supposed to be burying your child. It's, that's just wrong. It, it should never happen like that. You know, but, um, it's it's uh that's something that will stay with you forever you know when, when especially if you're uh if you see it you know visually um yeah that that's something that'll never go away so but what were you saying we should talk about what now the look of it how do you mean the look of it well <clears throat> because like when we're at work yeah. you know the look of when i'm Oh, having sure. An internalizing moment, and I look well. Like, okay, we okay. know each other, so it's like okay, we can be at work, and I'd be like, 
We're not. How do we know we'll if other people do the same thing? Or how do we know? Like, what do you and I do that we know? Okay, see, she all right? Like, she looks okay, but she doesn't seem okay. Like, we know because we go through it in such a deep a little, way. Little idiosyncrasies of, of you uh, know that when kind someone's having like a depressed <clears throat> a thought or anxiety, panic attack coming on, or <clears throat> just yeah. like you know, a week before Cameron passed away, Marcelo did. Yeah. So. You know, I used to work with Marcel, and he, everybody said, oh, you know, he always, why you look always so moody? Well, little do people know, <laughs> yeah, he was smiling on the outside, and he looked happy. Yeah, maybe some days he was, but he had a lot, of, he was depressed every day, and he'd come to me at work and, you know, confide in me that he wouldn't to anybody else, and he felt like him, he felt like he could express. It seems to be a little bit more acceptable coming from a female's perspective rather than a male's. So if I can get your perspective on it a little bit better, okay. like what is your normal day or what is it like having high anxiety or the stress every day waking you up? What is it like for you throughout the day? Well, it can start from the time that you wake up and you're just unhappy and miserable. And then you can get anxiety that starts to build, which is pressure in your chest and it gets to the point where you feel like you're going to explode. Literally, like you're going to explode. Um, you can get racing thoughts. You can get irritable. Nothing can make you happy. Or this little thing can make you sad. And this little thing over here can piss you off. And then you're just evolved emotions. And you can't control it. You can't regulate yourself. And then it gets into a bigger ball of suicidal thoughts. And it gets to a point where over time things affect you yeah. that you don't know that are affecting you. And then it gets to a point where you have a disorder that starts to begin. You don't know it until it gets to a point where you're just ready to throw the towel in. So let me ask you this. Even though you you do live with this in that sense, is there ever a time to where you feel like, yes, you have all these things and your mind's clouded all the time, but... Uh, do your positive thoughts, your positive feelings, like if you accomplish something throughout the day or like set a goal for a month or a week, is that ever um, like, can that over overcome my negative yes, thoughts? Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. Not all. Uh, a little bit. So not sometimes. So majority of the time it just, it doesn't help or you just, you, you can't think like, okay, I got this small accomplishment. It's, it gets to a point where you just can't think. You can't focus on anything. You can't think. You don't want to do anything. And, you know, when you have an anxiety disorder that's actually, like, written down on your discharge papers and mild depression mixed with that, that can make your days, like, really hard and really rough. Because when you have that mixed, then it's like you have, you're fighting two demons. It's like, okay, the depression and then the anxiety. The anxiety, you feel like you're going to explode through your chest and you have chest pain because it gets to that severity like it did for me. And then you have the depression, negative thoughts, sad thoughts, unwanted thoughts, racing thoughts. And then it's like, okay, then your brain takes over. So even if I come home and see Riley's smiling face, like, oh, it's like for that instant moment, oh my God. And then it's like right back to square one because if you're if you accomplish something, okay, let's say I accomplish like all this in one day, or I or I, let's say I start my day off crappy and then I achieve this big thing, even though that big thing is done, it's like, okay, now what else do I have to do? 
now what else do I have to do? It's like when you're always doing something, you know, it depends on, you know, also your childhood, your teenage years, your early adult life. So depending on what someone goes through during very critical developmental stages, like as a child, that will impact them into teenage years. And then what they go through then or what they're still going through can linger into your adult can go into your early adulthood. And then it gets to a point where do you feel you, like that affects your relationships with people in that aspect? Like if you're trying depending to on what you go through. Okay. Because if you go through like verbal abuse, which Physical, I witnessed as a child or teenage years, I witnessed as a teenager in early adulthood. And then I've had people, <clears throat> you know, verbally abuse me over and over and over. It gets to a point where it's like, okay, I've had enough. Like, just leave me alone. It gets to a point where people push you to the point of, of, you know, okay, your, your up, your experiences in life can bring about it. But then when you have people treating you a certain way, it's like, well, fuck, like, what what am I here for? This I keep getting shit on. I keep getting crap, and I'm trying to still live my life. But then the crap takes over actually living your life. So it's like, okay, are you living life or is life living you? And when you get to that point where you feel like life is living you and you're not living life, like it's all it's like downhill spiral. It's like fuck this. Like I keep getting shit on. I keep getting screwed over. I keep going through crap. Nothing keeps. Nothing gets better. And it gets to a point where it's like you don't want to be bothered. Like leave me alone. Or when you're in large events, like let's say we have like a family get together, probably an hour in, like I'm done. Unless it's a calm setting, like no, like deuces, bye. Like, yep. or it can be like, you can only take so long it can be calm. Sit. And as soon as it starts getting rowdy, it's like, yep, nope, I'm done. Like you feel it, you feel it in your chest building. Yep. And it gets to a point where it's like, you can't even handle it. You're like, you can't handle the feeling. And then that's when, like myself, you can cut. You'll, I mean, I have a history of cutting myself. And when people see cuts and scrapes, it's like, oh, what's wrong with them? It's like you're automatically judged. And so saying, say, someone saying, oh, what's wrong? Well, if I say what's wrong, are you going to really care? Or are you going to talk shit about it? Then if you're used to being shit on or people talking about you or being bullied, that was also done to me as a, as a teenager. It's like you begin to people push you away from people. So I don't, I got to a point where I didn't need friends. What do I need friends for when they shit on you? What do I, what I want friends? Same thing with family. What is family? At the end of the day, you're going to have particular family members that are considered your family. And you're going to have other family that you're just like, who are you? Like, just because your blood doesn't mean you treat me like family. And depending on how you treat me, doesn't mean I'm going to see you like family. I'm going to see you just like a normal person on the street walking by. That's it. So that's what it looks like. It looks like people, like if I come home, and my face is just, <clears throat> and I smile, oh, hi, I can smile, but yeah, I feel like absolute crap, or I just want to go to sleep, or I want to barricade myself in a corner in a ball with a blanket and just be left alone. Yeah. People that want to be left alone or don't want to be in large functioning places, <clears throat> or if people don't want to be with family or don't want to be around family, it's there's probably something going on, but yeah, people don't, they're like, oh, you know, maybe she's just grumpy or maybe she just doesn't feel good. Yeah, I am grumpy. I'm also irritable. I'm also sad. I'm also just blah. Or no, I don't want to look at you. No, I don't want to be around you. Like, leave me alone. You get to a point where you just, unless you have particular people, everybody else. Yeah. Or if you go into a grocery store, if someone puts a freaking cart in the middle of the walkway and knows it's there and I say, excuse me, they don't like that's right there. 
enough to set you off, especially if you have high anxiety. Yeah. Because that's separate than depression. <laughs> well, I, thank you for really getting into that. <laughs> no, it's not, not, I'm not trying to laugh and joke about it. No, I'm no, like, but it's, thank you for letting me understand it coming from a female's perspective and as your husband understanding it a little bit more because I was kind of just like, okay, you have to understand where I'm coming from. It's just like, like when you ask, are like you any, okay? And I say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm not fine. But that's what I'm saying. Because right? it's like, I don't, it's like, I feel, I feel like such crap. I don't want to talk about it. Or what's the point of talking about it? Like I'd rather just be left alone. Like people need to understand the look of mental health has a look. Yeah. It's withdrawn, quiet, introverted, slash extroverted on the outside. And if you question, wonder what's wrong with them. If you have that thought, like, is are they okay? Most likely they're not. Yeah. Thank you for clearing it up. But can I ask this question? Like, is it a bad thing to ask what's wrong? And if you lie, like if you hide it and you have somebody who's genuinely caring, I'm asking you about it. Well, that's when you have to decipher, okay, who is that person to you? Is that person that is that person coming off where you're vibing like you know that you can talk to them or you you feel like you have that you know comfort zone with them like I've had I work with somebody that you know she had asked me one day like well oh, where'd you get that long that long scratch I'm like oh sparkle scratch me later on I forget what we were talking about but I but I had said yeah I previous cutter. And she was like, you, you cut, come to find out. So does she, or so did she actually, did she? So right then and there, as I'm developing, like, uh, like a, I would call it like a relationship, like You're building getting trust to know her sense. and seeing mm-hmm. how she is as a person, what you guys, you know, when you start to mesh with somebody, you begin to know, okay, what can you talk about? What can you not, what comes yeah. up yeah. or what you have in similarity. So then it got to the point where I could trust her to tell her months after she asked me about the long scratch. Yeah, remember that scratch you asked me about? Yeah, that was for myself. But when you cut yourself, you're in control of your feelings and you're in control of yourself. Nobody else can control you. But yet, if someone knows that you cut, it's like, oh, you're a freak. So mm-hmm. why tell somebody? Because then they're like, oh, you're mental. Or, you know, if I go to the yeah. doctor and they say, have you ever tried harming yourself? If I said yes, I wouldn't have a job tomorrow because they commit me to a freaking psych ward. Right. Instead of just take, sending me to a counselor and therapy to right. get me to not cut, I get, I get automatically institutionalized and my whole life changed. And that can affect somebody even worse sure, than absolutely. not. Yeah. Or when I have a patient say to me, oh, are you okay? You have anxiety, don't you? <laughs> I can get, I guarantee you right then and there, they know exactly the look because they go through it themselves in such a deep way. You're meeting the look of how they feel or they feel it from you. Yeah. And so there is a look. And if someone's going through it as deep as you, then they're gonna they're yeah, gonna know. They sense it, they know it, they see the signs. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for opening up and giving me a little bit more <laughs> in-depth detail coming from like just a female perspective and understanding more as my wife and your husband to know what to talk about and look at. Now and I Coming from a female's perspective in society seems to be a little bit more acceptable to talk about mental health, but now I kind of want to transfer over into what is not the normal and what doesn't seem to be okay, which is the male perspective, and when it comes to dealing with mental health. So 
Q, I know you kind of go through these similar situations, but I'd mm -hmm. like to understand how how do you feel like it should be, you know, perceived coming from a male perspective, and why do you feel like you, it needs to be a little bit more spoken and been like it needs to be more accepted as hmm. a male dealing with this? More accepted. That's a good way to put it. It needs to be. I, I'm sorry. Like if my words were just a little no, bit clear about that's it, but the, it that's the right way to say it. You know, because as a male. You know, uh, I'm 58, and back in the day, I'm talking about my dad's time, mm -hmm. okay, um, men were looked on as the model of the family, the breadwinner, the, mm -hmm. the workaholic, you know, they were, they were the ones that uh, supported and supplied for the family while, you know, of course, everything else was taken care of by the spouse and, and, and taking care of the children, but... Mm -hmm. You know, if men had issues, nobody knew about it. You know, most of them drank to deal with their issues. Um, and of course, you know, you got to ask yourself, is that hereditary? Is that something you learn? Uh, could it be a combination of both? Who knows? But, you know, here I am at this point in my life where I'm pretty much doing the same thing, you know. I suffer from depression, um, not so much anxiety. I think anxiety comes afterwards. It's like I don't know. I, I have, I know I have a little anxiety, but not doesn't, a whole lot. Just a, it doesn't die. I'm, I, I'm from what I'm thinking and just what I'm just presuming. It just depends on the individual. And I think like it depends on environment. Too. Environment and individual themselves. You mm. see what I'm saying? Like what. Uh, she was speaking about her the upbringing and everything that kind that of has a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah. I really I mean, do. You go through upbringing of things like anxiety. Well, it, the up, for example, let's say let's say for example, my and I'm sure a lot of people who hear this will probably understand and nod their head. Yeah, you know they'll be like, yeah, I went through that. Uh, you know, as as a kid growing up, uh, discipline was a really big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was huge. You know, and I had my ass whipped. You know, and, and that's something that, see, it is time. Stop right there. Okay, so here we are continuing where we left off with Renee speaking on her, oh, speaking on his. Really, guys? Because now we're recording. and That's all going to be on audio now. So we're going to continue where Renee left off, and I apologize. We're having a little bit of te technical difficulties tonight, which I don't understand why. So, Renee, would you like to continue where you left off before okay. we are? interrupted that i can um i think the last started with um upbringing yes that has a lot to do with uh, i guess you could say the mental state of mind of a person um uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, what they're exposed to uh, for example me personally um you know discipline was a big deal in the house you got in trouble you got disciplined whether it was with a, a belt um, whatever they get their hands on, but that was the acceptable way of uh, disciplining children back in the day. Now, some people frown upon it, and some people say, you know what, that, that that's a good thing. I, I will say something I will interject, because nowadays, <laughs> I will say this, I'll be out in public, and some kids, some little kids, I don't know, 
I hate mm. to say this, and me being a brand new they're parent. They're their own parent. They're their own parent, but sometimes some kids need their ass whipped, period. And well, I'm sorry to say it. Well, I know that sounds that really harsh, nice. but it just happens sometimes. Some well, kids. I, I, was always, I was always. I was, okay, as an adult, moving forward, let's say, now I've grown up, moved out of the house. Uh, I be, you know, I got say I got married, have children, and my mentality is I will never do what what my yeah. parents did. Yeah. You know, but I, I come up with a different way of disciplining my kids, and I find that what works was if it's a matter of life and death, definitely discipline your children. For example, let's say um, they turn the stove on and they want to put their hand on a hot stove. No, you you you. you to let them know that that's a really big no-no. You don't, you know, anything that's going to hurt them, so you get the message across. Um, or say, you know, bad behavior. Sure, you nip it in the butt. But in my time, you know, so many differences between the newer generations and the older generations. I think that you have to really, really tune into your kids. Because you don't ever know if your child's going to be an extrovert or an introvert. And what you do to them is going to have an effect of whether they're going to become more introverted or more extroverted. So in my case, I was definitely an introvert because uh, I was always, I don't know, I was disciplined a lot. But I was, I, I guess that may have had an effect on me because I always thought if I did something, it was going to be wrong. So I really kept to myself so that I knew whatever I did, I wouldn't get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, I I was an introvert until I was 17. So pretty much all my entire educational life, I was an introvert. Um, the only time that it really started to bring me out was when I got involved with music. Um, but that was it. That was my only out uh, out whatever you want to call it. Uh, Your escape, yeah. Yeah, my escape was music. Um, and I thank God for that to this day. But um, being an introvert, you got to really watch out for that because I just think that that's where things start to happen. Because if you're home all the time and not out of the house and being with friends or just being out there, okay, your mind will start to play with you, uh, so to speak. Uh, you start, you know, it's, there's an expression. It's uh, something about idle time, you know, kind of kind of makes the mind um, not right. It's too much. If you have too much time, then you start thinking. Your mind starts racing. Things start, you know, you think of all these different things. And instead of being busy, and keeping your mind focused on other things as opposed to thinking of bad things. Um, but from going back to from a uh, male perspective, we're supposed to be the strong guys. We're not supposed to show that we have anything wrong with us. That's, that's not true. There's a lot of men out there that suffer from depression, anxiety, suicide thoughts. Um, just I, I was diagnosed as bipolar. You know, uh, there there are people out there that have that suffer from bi being bipolar. It's funny much that too because that uh, I'm not. Uh, 
I don't have it, but that does run on my family, my side yeah. of the family as well. Um, my grandfather, my dad's, no, my mom's dad has it. And I think it's a hereditary thing. I'm not 100% sure. It could but I be know, hereditary. I know he has it, and I, I, I've seen that firsthand. So that's the, the manic episodes that, you know, people have. I've seen it mm. firsthand. But, you know, being young, you don't understand it as no, much you as don't. you get older. You see it more yeah, in the physical you know. form. Yeah, they're, they're, and there are different levels of bipolar. Mm. Um, and, of course, there's medication out there for that, which I do take my medications every day. Um, it, it's, uh, I really never knew that I was bipolar until I had an episode. Uh, it was not pretty. But I'll tell you what, um, if the right buttons are pushed, things go black, you do stuff, and then, then you're like, oh, my God. So, yeah, it, it, there's so many different levels of, of uh, mental illness. There's so many different facets of it. And people really need to understand and try to, to learn more about it because it's a really serious matter. Mental illness, in my opinion, is what uh, you're talking about, for example, deaths. Okay, People who suffer from heart. You got people who are, are uh, who get into car accidents. You know what? What are the, what, people who die from cancer? You know the numbers and the rates of how high they are. But what are the numbers about people with mental illness? Stop. They're probably pretty darn high. I looked it up yeah, also a couple weeks ago. It was is like five hundred thousand people. You know, in a year. That's a lot of people dying from mental illness. Are you serious? You know that that's there's a lot going on with man, and to me, it's what I what I call it's a, a silent killer. You know, uh, that's probably one of the biggest silent killers because nobody sees it, no one understands it, and no one can see the signs or understands the signs. You know, you're gonna have people out there that say that, that you know life is great. Okay, I get up in the morning. I don't get up with my you know smiling and. Oh, look, the sun is shining. Yeah, oh, it's a beautiful day. I'm so happy. No, I get up in the morning and I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> Another day. God damn it. All right, fine. Let's do this. You know, mind you, the flip side, sure, I'm in my car. You know, I have my moment on myself. You know, sure, I thank God for the day. Thank you. You know, all this stuff. But still yet, deep inside, you still have those thoughts that crawl in and you're like, I just want to go home. I just want to be left alone. I just want to just just go. Just 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 you know. If if I could be somewhere, it would probably be. Uh, oh God, I, I don't know. Just just me, myself, and I. That's it. You know, just it's it's difficult. It's difficult. You know, you wake up every day. There are people, for example, my wife. There are some people. They wake up in the morning and they are so glad that they're alive and breathing. This is a wonderful day. I understand that, you know, each and every day, each and every day is, is a gift. I get that. You know, I understand that. But life is not easy, man. No one said it's going to be easy. But then again, do we really have all the, 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 the faculties of dealing with life? You know, that that's a hit and miss there. 
how many people go to the doctor and say, yeah, hey, doc, you know, I just want to know if I'm mentally ill. Who does that? Nobody does that, really. Not unless something serious happens, you know. Uh, I have people in my family that are cutters. Uh, I never understood what that was all about, but I learned. I learned. And uh, that, that's, you know, I have a lot of uh, respect and, and uh, understanding, you know, and, and empathy for those people. <laughs> for those people. Um, because even though that in itself is an illness, well, we all have illnesses. We all have something in common. It's a mental illness, you know. Uh, there's so many different kinds of uh, what would I call? How would I disabilities? You know, I would I would definitely consider that some type of a disability, but not to the point where they're not uh, physically incapable, but they are mentally, uh, if not incapable, but handicapped. You know, uh, and how do you fix that? I don't know. Um, I really honestly don't know how you fix that. You got to have somebody who, I guess, understands you. I mean, that's like, you know, with your wife, Alex. I mean, how did, how did we, we just knew, I guess. We just, we just knew. And she, she had, I guess, her anxiety issues and whatnot. I had, my depression issues and I guess it's like two people may know or three or four or we have customers come in I had a customer um, come in and had the same tattoo oh semicolons yes same tattoo and they're like oh you got one of those like yeah you know what it stands for just, yeah they get that they, it's that acknowledgement like, yeah. that hey you and I know what, what this is about you know, and, and it's, it's, it's awesome. It's fantastic. I mean, um, conversations we've had with patients, like a conversation starter. Yeah, they exactly. Look at you a certain way. Like they <laughs> feel like, wow, you've gone through some shit and yeah. they actually ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Or they forget what it's on my call and me. So, and, and it's basically to say, I think it was two years ago, two years ago. It was, uh, so April, April 16th, 16th. Ah. April 16th is the semicolon, uh, National Semicolon Celebration. Okay, it's in, uh, it's when they started, and it was uh, it was designed and meant to uh, honor, celebrate, and and uh, as far as uh, solidarity in support of all those people that have uh, some type of mental illness, whether it's depression, anxiety, suicide, uh, any kind of uh, thoughts that they're going through of harming themselves or whatever, you know that. The semicolon is a representation of those type of people, that type of society, that type of, of illness. Hey, we're, you know, we're all together in this. You know, let's support each other. And that's what that semicolon is for. And, um, you know, I, I just have a lot of respect and um, thankfulness that there's a group out there that, can support you and help you and understand you because it's important. It's very important. People yeah. just don't get it. You know, that's sure you got all kinds of different illnesses out there, but what about this one? Nobody sees this one. It's invisible. 
you know, unless you're in tune and understand or have gone through it yourself, um, they're not going to see it until it's too late. Then you're going to sit there and wonder why. And even if you're like, for example, my son, he's lived with us since day one. Uh, you know, we, we've had ideas and thoughts and conversations and, and, and whatnot, but to really, really go through it, through it, you know, to really do something like that and take your own life, I honestly didn't think he would do it. Honestly, didn't think he would do it. I mean, we had a great evening that night, and uh, next thing you know, he's not there anymore. So it's a big deal. Mental illness is, is huge. And again, he's a male at 23 years old, you know. It can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. You know, mental illness is not biased. It, it happens to everybody and anybody. So we have to try to be more in tune and make this more aware to the people out there so people can get some help, you know, support, that kind of thing. Do you remember that quote I told you about Robert Williams? Oh God! Yeah. The one from him. It says, "I think the worst thing is not yeah. being alone, but being around people that make you feel alone." Yes. And I've experienced that many times. People that make you feel. And alone. then when you distance yourself, they wonder why. Oh, what's wrong? Or then if you were to say like, "Oh, you know this," all oh, they're just doing that for attention. How many times would people say that kind of thing? Because they just think because they don't know what it feels like, or they don't go through it. It's like fake. And then when someone kills themselves they're like oh what's so wrong for this or that and it's like he's robin williams is i love them man I, I grew up with that guy you know not literally i'm just yeah. saying you know on tv and, and movies and things like that you would swear he was the happiest guy on the planet that's what kind of just it, it that blows my mind to think about no like kidding. it's it it makes me wonder like why do people get into comedy sometimes? I know this is completely a oh, little off topic, but I'm like, it just, it makes me think like, is it, why is it sometimes like, I don't know why I've thought this to myself and I don't know if this is just me, but it seems like the funniest people seem to be the best magicians to when it comes to coping things like that. Like they use a lot of like dark humor or just humor in general sure. to cover up what's bothering them. And, just, and that's true. That is absolutely true. People just seem to be like quick-witted and just a complete smartass. Look at John Belushi. Look at, um, oh my goodness, who was I? Farley. What's his name? Chris what's Farley. Chris Farley. Okay. Uh, a lot of these guys, whether they're actors or comedians, funny as hell. Oh my God, they're so funny. They made you laugh, and you would swear that these guys had a great life. Did they? Or was this their way of coping? You know, was this their way of escaping? Was if they made other people laugh, that they would feel good about it. But if they didn't make people laugh, what would they do if they weren't on stage? What happens? What about their time off stage? What were they going through? Mm -hmm. You know, they could have been in hell for all we know. And their only escape was to get their ass back on stage or behind a camera and pretend to be someone else right or to just be out there and talk to other people and what express themselves about life in general but in such a funny way that people would laugh about it it's it's 
it runs rampant and people don't realize it and, and people really need to know that mental illness is not a joke it needs to be taken seriously you know just like cancer uh heart disease but you know a lot of people die from cancer and it, it's it's been the biggest thing for god knows how long but mental illness seems to be brushed under the carpet no it's not that bad you know, yeah it is that bad you know if it doesn't happen to you you know personally in your lifetime then it's not that bad are you kidding me no no i mean people can walk around and say it's never going to happen to me you always hear it a lot it's not going to happen to me that, no, that's, that's, all, that's for other people no again life isn't biased things can happen yeah you know so but again from a male perspective men more men need to really come out and say you know what yeah i am a mess i am a mess i i, I need help i need to you know uh, whatever it takes whether it's uh medication counseling or, or whatever you know or or if you don't go to counseling go go do something that's going to help you to take you know whatever it is that uh, the edge off or, or you know get you to keep going in life as opposed to gee i just want to end my life yeah. you know so but you know people for example when she said that she wakes up in the morning you know feeling the way she does i wake up in the morning and you know i don't smile i'm, I'm i hardly ever smile when i wake up in the morning it's typically you know damn it sigh yeah <laughs> yeah it's like all right fine whatever you know uh, some people the question sometimes begs, how many times do people think about suicide, uh, say, on a daily basis? Do you think about suicide every day? No. Every other day? Maybe. You know? Uh, for me, probably, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably once every couple of weeks. But it's a fleeting thought. You know, it's like, I guess it's moments when you're to the point where your stress is so maxed out. And then you're like, you know what? And then the thought runs. You know, you got that that question. You know what? And then the next one is, I'm done. And when you're done, then that's when that thought crosses your mind and it says, okay, bet. you're done. Let's do it. Why not? Mm, that's that's where the battle begins so you know you have to think about when that happens you have to think about um, what you're doing what you're leaving behind and what's going to happen if it does happen and sometimes when I do that that brings me back you know it just it brings me back because I can't I can't think about what's going to happen after even though i may not be here to, to you know feel all of that yeah but you know just the, but still the just lingering the lingering effects of it, too like the lingering effects it has on yeah, everybody else the thought of the, the just the thought of it is it's almost unbearing so it's like to me that's what brings me back you know so if people like take their lives then they really got to be in some serious pain or or suffering something 
to have themselves do that. So, but that that's my take on it. That's how I feel about it. Thank you. That is very, like I said, now knowing from a male's perspective about it and what people go through and how males go through it, um, I want to say thank you, Q, and thank you, uh, Alex, for this. You're welcome. Um, I really appreciate it. Guys, um, this is a serious, serious problem that we have. Um, it needs to be addressed a, little, a lot more than what it usually is. Um, so, yes, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feelings, um, anything, if you want to tell us your stories about it, if you feel comfortable about telling us any issues you may have, you can DM us, um, email us, if you feel like that's going to be a little bit more personal. Um, again, I'm going to say thank you to Q and Alex for opening up a bunch of stories on this You're topic. You're welcome. And uh, yes, people do need to know. So it's been another episode of Waves. Please follow the podcast on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. And that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Have a good night. Peace. Peace.